is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Welcome. Joe Biden continues his role as Benito Mussolini, impressing the case or pressing the case, I should say, of tyranny, war on freedom of speech, further exposing these phony platforms and the oligarchs who've made billions of dollars off of us, often without our permission, using our data to the litigation that's been filed by President Trump. And you've heard many, many, many people throughout yesterday and today making that point. It's a good point, which is why we're glad we made it. So he is uh, confronted by a reporter. He's going to a helicopter. I guess he's going back to Wilmington or whatever the hell he's doing. I I have a thought, Mr. Bucer. I wonder if he's going back to Wilmington constantly on the weekends because he's getting some kind of treatment. Now, I don't know that to be the case. I don't know that to be the case. Why don't they release his medical records? Why don't they release the medicines that he's taking? I mean, they talk about Trump's tax returns. Isn't it more important to know about Joe Biden's medical situation? Isn't it more important to know what prescription drugs he's taking? Why don't I start that push, Mr. Producer? What do you think of that? We want to know what prescription drugs Joe Biden's taking, and we want a release of all information relating to his mental faculties, including whether or not they've even taken tests. You know, I read up on these issues. For instance, you can do tests that will determine if somebody has this, I think it's called TAL, growing in their brain. I think it's a protein that is effectively interfering with the synopses in the brain and so forth and so on. Why doesn't Joe Biden take that test? Because he'd probably fail it. And I don't say this to mock the man, by the way. I don't do that. There's too many people in this world that have dementia, Alzheimer's, and so forth and so on. No, my point is, he chose to run for president. The Democrat Party chose to nominate him. 
His whole family kept their mouths shut. His friends kept their mouths shut. His doctors kept their mouths shut. And the Praetorian Guard media protecting him. And he has every indication of having issues. And now he's president of the United States. Don't we have a right to know anything? I mean, they say, well, we need to know tax returns. Screw the tax returns. That doesn't tell us anything. I would like to know what prescription drugs Joe Biden's taking. And I think we have a right to know, not out of a purient curiosity, but that'll tell us a lot about him. Now, Joe Biden is the most repressive, oppressive, suppressive president in modern history. He's up there with Lyndon Johnson and Franklin Roosevelt and Woodrow Wilson. His abuse of civil liberties. There's not a single Democrat in any leadership position in America who's speaking out against this. Not one. There's not a single media fraud on the Constipated News Network or MSLSD, the pages of the New York Slimes or the Washington Compost and all the rest of them. Concerned about this, speaking out against this. No editorials, nothing. Now they accused Donald Trump of things like this, even though he didn't do them. They were mad about his tweets, but they're not mad about the fact that Joe Biden and his administration is working with big tech. Big tech. To censor people, to censor differences of opinion. That is, opinion that differs from the official position. And worse, pushing companies that handle the text platforms to spy on people who text to see if they're texting things that Joe Biden and his administration do not like. Now, what do you call this? You call it tyranny, totalitarianism. Here he is outside the White House today, and he's asked about this. You'll hear the helicopter in the background. Some reporters saying, COVID misinformation, what's your message to platforms like Facebook? Now, you know that's a, uh, a sucker. I was going to say something else. A phony reporter. Not throwing a softball, throwing a grapefruit. So even Joe Biden can hit it, if not with a bat, at least with his head. Cut three, go. What's your message to platforms like Facebook? They're killing people. I mean, they're really, they're, look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. And, that, and, they're, and they're killing people. Okay, we don't have a pandemic anymore. We don't have a pandemic anymore among unvaccinated people. We don't have a pandemic among any people in this country. And no thanks to Joe Biden, quite frankly. But we would like to keep our free speech. We would like to keep our civil liberties. But here's a problem with that. Every single autocrat in the world uses opportunities like this or creates opportunities like this to squelch individualism and speech and freedom of association. And that is exactly what Biden is doing. It's a health emergency. It's always a health emergency. You know, it's funny. I wrote about this in Liberty and Tyranny 12 and a half years ago. It's always a health emergency, an environmental emergency. There's always emergencies. Always emergencies. But we have something called the Constitution of the United States. And I would say the emergency is that they're destroying it. In the First Amendment, religious liberty, destroying it. 
freedom of association, destroying it. Free speech, destroying it. And that's what Biden's doing. They're killing people. Where is the evidence anywhere linking somebody posting something on any of these social sites resulting in the death of anybody? It's like voter suppression. Republicans don't want blacks to vote. We'll go to any Republican state. Where are blacks not allowed to vote in Republican states? Where are all the minorities, their names, their lawsuits, saying that they were prevented from voting because it was too difficult to show the voter ID or a signature match? Or that nine days of early voting wasn't enough? They needed 48 days of early voting. Where are all those lawsuits? They don't exist. I wonder what the Brennan Center says. First of all, any center named after Associate Justice Brennan is a crap center. Yeah, that's right. I said it. And not to be outdone is Jen Psaki at the White House today. Cut four, go. Also with the public, with all of you, um, to create robust enforcement strategies that bridge their properties and provide transparency about rules. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others uh, if you are for uh, uh, providing misinformation out there. Wow. She didn't double down. She quadrupled. Quintupled down. She's truly of the totalitarian mindset. You see... If you're banned from one social site, you should be banned from all of them. So saith Jen Psaki on behalf of Joe Robinette Biden Jr. You should be banned as a human being. What's next, ladies and gentlemen? Will we have the communist Chinese social credit system? What do you think, Mr. Producer? I think we will. That Mark Levin loses a lot of points. Why? He doesn't demand that people take vaccines. He needs to be banned from Facebook and all social media. He needs to be prevented from flying. He needs to be prevented from having a job with the government or any federal contractor. Don't you see where this is headed, folks? The communist Chinese, that regime is learning from Joe Biden and Facebook. They're learning from them. Why didn't we think of this? Call it a health emergency and accuse people who don't abide by our demands as killing people. That's right. We'll turn everything on its head. Why didn't we think of that, Joe Biden? So now we need social credit ratings. Is that far behind? How about banning talk radio hosts, as I mentioned the other day? Spreading misinformation that's killing people in the course of an emergency. How about deplatforming Fox? They've always wanted to do that. Of course. Shutting down the New York Post, the Washington Examiner, the Washington Times. Shutting down One America News or Newsmax. You know the list. It's a short list. We can't have these voices spreading misinformation, disinformation, and killing people for crying out loud. They must be white supremacists. They must support Jim Crow, these people. They're non-humans. Let's dehumanize them. And so if you disagree with Joe Biden and Fauci and the other lunatics in the insane asylum that is Washington, D.C., well, then you're out to kill people now. This is where we are. You're killing people. Even if you're an expert. 
in the medical field, an expert in infectious diseases. It doesn't matter. You're disagreeing. And disagreement is not allowed. This is what I mean by American Marxism. You're staring it right in the eye. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Just to hit miss on this, you gotta keep digging. Because Pasaki wasn't done. Cut five, Mr. Producer, go. Can you elaborate a little bit on the Facebook sure. administration, the Facebook flagging of disinformation, and then there's also some reporting uh, that we've had that Facebook maybe hasn't been uh, as proactive as the White House would like it to be in response to some of the flagging. So the process of how the flagging works and then whether Facebook has been amenable to those requests. Sure. Well, I would say first it shouldn't come as any surprise that we're in regular touch with social media platforms. Yes, no, 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 no. It comes as a huge surprise that you're in regular touch with social media trying to censor people who you say are killing people because they disagree with you. What kind of communist... Man, oh man, I almost got banned from Radio for Life, Mr. Producer. What kind of communist propaganda is this? They demonstrated every damn day. Go ahead. ...touch with all of you and your media outlets about uh, areas where we have concern, uh, information that might be useful, information that may or may not be interesting to your viewers. You all make decisions just like the social media platforms make decisions. Mm, even now you're, uh, you're spinning now. You're spinning now. That's not what you're doing, giving information and telling people to make decisions. You're telling them that people should be censored, that... Misinformation slash disinformation should not be allowed. It's not just you doing it. It's the sergeant of arms, or what do they call him? Yes, him. The Surgeon General. Now, see how they play games? It's like they play games on critical race. What, you don't want us to teach about slavery? Uh, Who said that? What does that have to do with critical race theory? You're not even teaching slavery under critical race theory. Go ahead. Sector company and different, but just as an example. So we are ma- regularly making sure social media platforms are aware of the latest narratives dangerous to public health. You see, ladies and gentlemen, they are tracking those who provide opinions that they disagree with on social media. And let me tell you a little secret. They're not just tracking people with whom they disagree 
on the virus or vaccines. They are tracking people, period. That is what they are doing. Now, the question is, how does this manifest themselves? Are they picking up the phone and calling and saying, you know, ban this doctor, ban that group, ban that other individual over there? What are they doing? Are they sending them blacklists, people who are supposed to be prevented from getting on social media or get a scarlet letter? If we had a serious Congress with oversight that wasn't controlled by the same party, then we get some answers with some oversight hearings. But again, the Democrat Party's all in on censorship. They're all in. Go ahead. We and many other Americans seeing are seeing across Me all and of- many other Americans? It's many other Americans and I. Not to correct her English, Mr. Producer. Go ahead social and traditional media and we work to engage with them to better understand the enforcement of social media we work to engage with them in order to censor people we want to engage with them to make sure their tax returns are proper we want to engage with them to make sure they're not they're not involved in activity that is counterproductive we just want to engage that's all we're engaging with them not engaging with them government has enormous power and in the hands of Biden and his lackeys and lapdogs, who are more than willing to use it, it has a tremendous amount of power. I wonder now, and I'm serious about this, if there was pressure from the Biden campaign and camp to ban Trump. Would that be so far-fetched, Mr. Producer? I wonder if Biden and the Democrat Party and his campaign and even subsequent to his election, were pushing to ban Trump. And why would that be far-fetched? He's killing a lot of people, you know. He led an insurrection. He doesn't agree with us on this, that, and the other. His misinformation is disinformation. They hate him more than anybody. I don't put any of this past them now. Because they've showed us some ankle. The ankle of American Marxism. I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. Now, as Peter Ducey demonstrates every day, every weekday, in the uh, White House press room, he's really the only serious journalist who's allowed to ask questions. He is an incredibly polite and decent and serious journalist. Jim Acosta could learn a lot from Peter Ducey, but he won't because he's an arrogant ass. But that's a whole other story. So Peter Ducey's following up here. He's saying, wait a minute. 
How long have you been spying on people's Facebook profiles? Cut six, go. And then speaking of misinformation and the announcement from yesterday, for how long has the administration been spying on people's Facebook profiles looking for vaccine misinformation? Well, that was quite a loaded and inaccurate question, um, which I would refute. Well, Peter, first of all, as you know, we're in, we're in a regular touch with, with a range of media outlets. And we're talking about a range of media outlets. We don't get to participate on the platform of the New York Times and the Washington Post. We don't get to participate on the platform of any of these media outlets. Social media was set up in the mid-1990s with protection for the big oligarchs so that these platforms would be an open communication avenue for all of us. It's not the same thing as a news network or a newspaper. And so this is absurd. And what he's saying is, what we're saying, what everybody's saying is, except on the left, of course, is, wait a minute. You're censoring people. People who previously had relatively free access and could provide their opinions, they're not Klansmen. They're not Palestinian terrorists. They're not the Taliban. They're American citizens. Some of them who are experts in the field of infectious diseases and vaccines who want to provide different opinions. Look how wrong the media have been before. Look how wrong the Biden administration. Look how wrong our government has been. The whole point of a representative republic with a constitution and a bill of rights and free speech is to be able to do exactly this. So we don't have access to the New York Times and the Washington Post and those platforms, but we do, or did, to Facebook and Twitter and all the rest of it. One has nothing to do with the other. You know, we're always there trying to provide information to the media. That's why we hate the media, because they're a mouthpiece for you creeps. We got that. But the new media is supposed to be different, and that's why they're protected differently than the old media. And yet they think they have a great talking point. You know, we're always uh, trying to influence a range of media outlets. That isn't a matter of influencing a range of media outlets. You're trying to ban people who have access to this platform, including a former president of the United States. And I'm now of the opinion that Democrats were involved in that decision. Because they fear Trump. Go ahead. As, let me finish. As we are, as we are in regular touch with social media platforms. So, okay, so this is a confession. Okay, this is a confession that the courts are going to need to hear. They're in regular touch with media platforms about what? About correcting misinformation. How do you correct misinformation on media platforms? The Facebook platform isn't a news operation, is it, Mr. Producer? These aren't news entities that produce news. That's certainly not their primary purpose. It's called social media. Social media. And so, again, one has nothing to do with the other. So what she's confessed to, again, is that, of course, we're in touch with them like the rest of the media. And what are you trying to do? Influence them. Oh, okay. And yet Joe Biden goes to the helicopter... And when he's going to the helicopter, what is that cut again, Mr. Producer? Cut three. Let's play it again. Go. What's your message? 
message to platforms like Facebook. They're killing people. I mean, it really, look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. Actually, you're the only pandemic we have, you jerk. You're the pandemic. So they're killing people for having a different opinion, you see. And of course, if you're killing people and it's an emergency, they're tracking individuals off the internet. And then they're, they're pointing them out, they're fingering them to these various oligarchs for a reason. They're not fooling us. They're not fooling anybody with their Castro-like propaganda. Now they're spinning. Uh, as we do with all media outlets, a wide range. But these aren't media outlets. They are social platforms. It's an important distinction. Now let's go back to Peter Ducey's question, Mr. Producer. Cut six, go. Publicly uh, open information, people sharing information online, just as you are all reporting information on your news stations. Okay, so these 12 people who you have on a list, 12 individuals, do they know that somebody at the Surgeon General's office is going through their profile? I'm happy to get you the citation of where that comes from. There's no secret list. I will tell you that these are people who are sharing information on public platforms on Facebook, information that is traveling, is inaccurate. I see. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, this is fascinating. So they're tracking people. But they're not keeping a list of people. Now that is an absurdity. If you're tracking people, you're tracking them for a reason. You're keeping information on them. What do you mean you're not keeping a list of them? Of course you are. This administration is violating civil liberties. It is violating free speech. This administration is totalitarian in mindset and in actions. And you heard Biden. Well, they're killing people. They're ki- Shut up, you idiot. Put your dentures back in your face. They're killing people. You're killing people, you jerk. With your attack on the cops, your refusal to secure the border. You're killing people. Look how they talk, these idiots. They're killing people. Can't even have a rational discussion. They're Jim Crow. They're racist. They don't want black people to vote. What kind of crap is this? What kind of throwback idiocy is this? Unbelievable. And notice how she cut him off. She wouldn't let him finish. Now we have... uh, We have to spend time on this, folks. I understand. Some people get impatient. Come on, let's move on. Then you're not for me and I'm not for you. We have somebody named Helly Thorning Schmidt. She's Facebook's oversight board member and former PM of Denmark. Whoa! What does this genius have to contribute to America? Cut nine, go. And what we're trying to find, of course, I think many of us who are engaging in this conversation, is that, is that middle road. How do you moderate content? And when, how do you find that balance? Ah, between- shut up, you idiot. I can't even understand what you're saying. Now, there's, there's Donnie Douche. Donnie Douche is back, ladies and gentlemen. A midget in size and brain power. May I say? I think I will. And Donnie Douche is on the morning, Joe, with another Donnie. May I say that, Mr. Producer? 
by the name of the morning schmo. Now, there's a lot of people on TV who have very low IQs, but nobody's is lower than Joe Scarborough. I've told you many times. Joe used to be an actor. That movie Deliverance, tough movie to watch. There he was on the bridge playing the banjo. Playing the role of a child of incest. But of course we know Joe's not a child of incest, right? Just looks like one. May I say, with all due respect. And here's Donnie Douche, speaking of, on the morning Schmo Show. Cut 10, go! Half the people in this country get their news from Facebook. I'm going to say it again. Half the people. Facebook, which is which market capitalization is in the trillions. How dare... Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg allow this continue to happen on their platform. See, this guy, same, same milk. Same milk. Same mindset. They bring this puke on TV. I don't know why. I don't know what this jerk has ever done. Well, he was a marketing expert. He's an idiot. He doesn't understand liberty and individualism and free speech and all the rest. He's a hack. He comes on there. They waste money on makeup and hairspray. That guy's a the guy is a puke. Everybody, who's Donnie Douche? Who is this guy? I don't know. I don't know, but he really does seem like a uh, a Donnie to me. Go ahead. Okay, that's a, a tiny fraction, and just say we are going to do an immediate task force and clean up our platform. This is on. They have blood on their hands. I'm Here we say go again. again. Now, folks, these people aren't inciting anybody, are they? No, no, no. You're killing people says the half-wit nitwit who poses as a president of the United States. They have blood on their hands. Oh, they're not inciting anybody at all. They believe in Jim Crow and won't let black people vote. Well, that's not inciting anything, is it, ladies and gentlemen? No. Not in the least. These are very rational people, aren't they? Go ahead. We, we have a very isolated situation where half of all of this problem is getting the news from one place. And we still allow- All right, that's enough. That's enough. I don't know why anybody cares about this puke. Really? I have no idea. You know, he right, reminds me of this guy, Ivanati. I'm not saying he is. I'm sure he's very ethical, plays by the book, but he reminds me of this guy. He shows up. He seems very swarmy to me. I can't put my finger on it, and hence I won't. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The two biggest vaccine deniers who were killing people were, of course, Joe Robinette Biden and Kamala Kamala Harris. Here's a montage. Cut 11, go. So let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? 
Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, and it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? You can be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. They now say it's okay. And the question of whether it's real when it's there, that requires enormous transparency. You got to make all of it available to other experts across the nation so they can look and see. So there's consensus. This is a safe vaccine. If the president announced tomorrow we have a vaccine, would you take it? Only if it was completely transparent that other experts in the country could look at it. Only if we knew all of what went into it. If Donald Trump can't give answers and the administration can't give answers to these three questions, the American people should not have confidence. But if Donald Trump tells us I should ta- that we should take it, I'm not taking it. Hmm. How do you like that? And I don't think Facebook banned any of them. Either of the two, did they? Ladies and gentlemen, you're quite an army of patriots out there. I try to keep you up to date on what's going on because this is a movement we're developing. Many of you already. As I look on Amazon, there's a book called I Alone Can Fix It, being pushed very, very hard by Manchurian hosts and reprobates on CNN and other places. These are two Washington Post reporters. It's another trash mouth smear job on Donald Trump. It's number one. Number three is a book called Landslide, The Final Days of the Trump Presidency, another attempt to smear President Trump by Michael Wolff, who's a hitman, in my opinion. Now, the book in between these two, number two on Amazon, is American Marxism. This is a book that many of you have already acquired. You may be scratching your head. Well, how is this other book, number one? Because this is what they do. It'll be a hot book for a month or two, and then it'll go away. The problem is they don't go away. That is the people who are doing this to this country. And so the overwhelming majority of you have posted and have commented that you appreciate the fact that this book was written, that it, that it fuses with all the events that are swirling around us and so on. But, but then there are a handful, enough already, enough already, who just want to go by the numbers, paint by the numbers. And these are people who are not going to help save the country. These are people who expect everybody else to save the country for them. So I reject them. I ignore them. If I can spend 16 months of my life writing this book, and the last three months of my life talking about it, and the next several months of my life, again, trying to promote what's in the book, then I think it's okay that we go over some of these issues during a little section of the program to try and convey... What's going on? Wouldn't it be weird if I wrote this book and I didn't talk about what's in it and yet say, go form a movement, go be activists, go do this, read chapter five? What, what does that mean? It means nothing. It's idiotic. This book is what we do every day. This book is about what's surrounding us every day. And it tries to provide answers and solutions. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. So I should tell you that the New York Times is sitting there, really for week two, and hoping beyond hope that this anti-Trump book, I Alone Can Fix It, 
by two Washington Post reporters, succeeds and is the top of the list. Because this is the game they play. Now here's the good news. Even during the course of this week, you folks have been going to Walmart, or Costco, or BJ's, or Sam's. You've been going to Barnes and Noble, and Books a Million, and Target, and and so many other wonderful retailers who actually have the book. And you've been buying it. You've been going online to Amazon.com, and you've been buying it. You've been buying it because you want to read it. And when you get it, take your time and go through it. Pete Hegseth is going to be hosting Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday. He's going to be interviewing. He read the book. Jesse Waters asked me to come on his program Saturday. He read the book. Both men have said to me how remarkable this is, how crucial it is, how important it is that we get the word out. And that's what I'm trying to do. Get the word out. I'll be right back. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 It's Friday, but we kicked the foot down on the gas pedal here. Pete Hicks had drove all the way from New Jersey to Virginia to uh, host Life, Liberty, and Levin, where he interviewed me for American Marxism, and then drove all the way back, Mr. Producer to do his 7 p.m. show. That is a great guy. Now, I decided that rather than get into some of the additional solutions in the book tonight, we can do more of that next week, and you can read them yourselves, those of you who have acquired the book. I want to talk about journalism. What is journalism? Propaganda, censorship, and subversion is what I call the title of Chapter 6. I want to remind you that Karl Marx was a journalist. First and foremost, that was his profession. And writing in Jacobin magazine, which is a socialist magazine, Stephen Sherman notes that Marx was a journalist more or less all of his adult life. He founded his own paper in 1848. His work for the New York Tribune, he wrote for the New York Tribune, came about because he'd met an American newspaper editor, Charles Dana, would later go on to edit the New York Sun in Cologne in 1848. And then a few years later, Dana asked Marx to contribute articles to the New York Tribune on the situation in Germany. And he writes that, I think that Marx and Engels viewed the Tribune as a way to publicize their views and to influence debate with a large number of readers. Now, in an interview with James Ledbetter, the editor of Dispatches for the New York Tribune, in a 2008 book of Marx's articles for the Tribune, 
Ledbetter explains that, quote, the basic Marx approach to his New York Tribune column was to take an event that was in the news, an election, an uprising, the Second Opium War, the outbreak of the American Civil War, and sift through it until he could boil it down to some fundamental questions of politics or economics. And then on those questions, he would make his judgment. In this sense, Marx's journalism, he says, does resemble some of the writing that is published today in journals of opinion. It's not hard to see a direct line between Marx's journalistic writing, listen, and the kind of tendacious writing on public affairs that characterized much political journalism, especially in Europe, in the 20th century. Thus, Marx's approach to journalism, as I say, says modern journalists do today. That is, he was unencumbered by a commitment to actual news reporting. Instead, his reporting would shape the news around his own opinions and ideology. Ledbetter, who went through all of Marx's columns and writings, said after 1848, Marx learned the power of counter-revolution and began to believe that existing systems of government and economy could not be overthrown until a relatively informed and organized proletariat could be mobilized to do so. As became clear with every passing year, he writes, in many nations, such organization was decades away if it existed at all. So in other words, Marx understood the power of mass communication and the need to control it and shape it to frame events and opinions. The purpose was to propagandize, not inform. Ledbetter went on, Reading through Marx's Tribune dispatches, you can't help but see an urgency, an excitement, almost an impatience in his portrayals of some insurrections and crises in Europe and India. At times he wrote as if this particular rise in corn prices or this little dust-up with authorities in Greece was going to be the spark that would ignite revolution. Or maybe it would be the death of George Floyd. Or maybe it would be a pandemic. You get the point? Ledbetter goes on. It's not as if one can fault Marx for feeling that way. After all, during the period, crowned heads of Europe were toppling, and certainly at least liberal revolutions seemed likely in a number of settings. But there are times when his discipline of thought appears to leave him, and he's also prone to the tautology that revolution can only occur when the masses are ready. But we can't know for certain if the masses are ready until they create a revolution. Now, Ledbetter explains that Marx was indeed a revolutionary, advocating his ideology and material historicism, but he was first and foremost a journalist. He wrote, Marx today is taught as an economic theorist, as a political thinker, and to some degree as a historian and a philosopher. Each category is valid, each is also incomplete. The historical record at least suggests another category. That Marx should be thought of as a professional writer. As a journalist. The Penguin Classics volume I've edited, he says, is but a sample. Overall, Marx produced, with the help from Engels, nearly 500 articles for the New York Tribune, which together amassed nearly seven volumes of the two men's 50-volume collected works. I think we come closer to understanding the importance of rhetoric in Marx's work if we think of him as a journalist. You got that? Oh, no, 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 these journalists, no, 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 they're not the enemy of the people, no, 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 no. They're out there, they get the news, they're objective, they're impartial. No, they're not. Today, they're the worst of the worst. 
They're the lowest of the lowest. This is why they're despised. And so later I write in American Marxism, the combination of propaganda, pseudo-news, and social activism in America's newsrooms has resulted in the disastrous state of the modern press. No longer are there discernible, traditional, or professional standards applied to reporting of the news. Indeed, journalism such as it is has come full circle, returning to the approach applied by Marx himself. Again, as Ledbetter explained earlier, Marx's journalism does resemble some of the writing that is published today. Moreover, Marx's influence goes well beyond his opinion journalism. As I point out, the American media have become special pleaders for the Marxist ideology, or at least advocates for those who apply it to numerous aspects of our society. That is, these Marxist movements, Americanized movements, spawned from Marxism. But the story doesn't end here. In fact, it gets worse. The next steps in the logical progression away from an open and free society where indoctrination and activism are key to controlling thought and outcomes, listen, ultimately to repression, which brings us back to the first hour, doesn't it, in Joe Biden and his administration. That is the silencing of opposition on contrary voices in pursuit of ideological purity. And that involves targeting and canceling people who refuse to relent. That's pretty prescient, don't you think, Mr. Producer? I said the next step is the logical progression away from an open and free society where indoctrination and activism are key to controlling thought and outcomes, ultimately to repression. That is the silencing of opposition on contrary voices in pursuit of ideological purity. And that involves targeting and canceling people who refuse to relent. In his book, Rules for Radicals, Saul Linsky, well-known Marxist community organizer, wrote, A reformation means that masses of our people have reached the point of disillusionment with past ways and values. They don't know what will work, but they do know that the prevailing system is self-defeating, frustrating, and hopeless. They don't act for change, but won't strongly oppose those who do. The time is then ripe for revolution. He said, remember, once you organize people around something as commonly agreed upon as pollution, then an organized people are on the move. From there, it's a short and natural step to political pollution, to Pentagon pollution, to revolution. The media have played a huge role in dispiriting the public and undermining American institutions, traditions. By Alinsky's measure, the revolution is now upon us. Among other things, his tactics must now be deployed, and they include picking the target, freezing it, personalizing it, and polarizing it. But Alinsky went on. He said, in conflict tactics, there are certain rules that the organizer should always regard as universalities. One is the opposition must be singled out as the target and frozen. He said, obviously, there's no point to tactics unless one is a target upon which to center the attacks. With this focus comes a polarization. And we have indicated before, all issues must be polarized if action is to follow. More Joe Biden and what's going on today and yesterday polarizing. Jim Crow. They don't want black people to vote. You're killing people. You see, Joe Biden is an Alinskyite. You see, our journalists are following in the tradition of Marx. Everything I'm saying will be viewed as 
heretical. But it's not. I've got a history. I've got the facts. See, I've read what they've written. I've read what they said. You can do exactly the same thing. When you're sitting at home thinking, gee whiz, that sounds like X, that sounds like Y. It's because it is. And this gives you the substance and the support for these views that you know something is not right. Very important. That's three paragraphs from American Marxism. When I sat down with Pete Hegseth, um, before we began, he said, it's hard to know where to start with this book. There's so much in it. And yet there's so much that needs to be conveyed. Exactly what Sean Hannity said to me. Exactly what Jesse Waters said to me. By the way, if Jeremy Barr's listening out there, I've got a lot of friends at Fox, don't I, Mr. Producer? A lot of friends. Maybe you want to update your article? Jesse Barr, you'll remember, is the hitman. He used to write for the Hollywood Reporter. He's a pimple-faced, pervert-looking guy, but I've contended I don't believe he is a pervert. I never said he was. I'm just saying what he looks like. But I'm sure he's not. I'm certain he's not. This book, American Marxism. Now, the book that's number one on Amazon, it got to number one because they quote the Joint Chief of Staff, this Mealy Mouth Millie, as among other things, accusing Trump of being Hitler. Now, would you walk over broken glass to buy a book where the guy accused, or these two Washington Post reporters write something like that? What is the purpose of a book like this? What is the value of a book like this? Why would anyone promote a book like this? Follow the shiny object, right? Don't pay attention to what's going on in your schools and your border. Don't pay attention to what's about to happen to your economy, your ability to pay for food and the price of gasoline. Don't pay attention. No, 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 no. Let's just do more Trump smearing. I'm confident by the end of tonight, maybe by the end of tomorrow, thanks to you, that we will write this wrong on Amazon. But even more than that, I believe this movement is growing. I pray to God it is. That there's so many things we can do. And I provide scores of ideas at the back of the book. And you probably have many ideas yourselves, even better. That's a good thing. And if I'm able to encourage a number of you to really look into your hearts and your souls and dig up the energy and make the time to participate in this pushback so we can claw our way out of the abyss, then my entire career and everything I do here is worth it. Because then I'll know that you are the Paul Revere's. That when we talk about the revolution, that when we talk about the Declaration and the Constitution, when we talk about the men and women who've given their lives, that it didn't fall on deaf ears. I have tremendous faith in you. 
I am blessed by you. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and fix what's been broken. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Quick reminder, because this is the last time you'll hear it from me, about bookends tomorrow. Uh, we will be having a exclusive virtual discussion and question and answer for a full hour on Saturday, 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Anyone in the entire country can join. This is your last chance, actually. And this is one of the few ways you can actually get a signed book. It's tomorrow, tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern Time at Bookends Ridgewood, New Jersey. Now, don't show up there. This is a virtual discussion. And you'll be able to purchase a ticket, and that will include one signed, book-plated copy of American Marxism and interest to the Zoom event, and I'm very excited about doing this, too. I think you'll have a blast, too. So how do you find out about this? How do you sign up? Because it's already evening time and getting to nighttime on the East Coast, and tomorrow is it. You go to bookends.com, B-O-O-K-E-N-D-S.com, book-E-N-D-S.com. One more time, book-ends.com. It's the last time I'll mention it. So anywhere across the country you can participate in this. This is the new way, given what states and localities are up to and the difficulty it is to actually have a retail outlet anymore. But this is an independent bookstore. They've always been supportive of all the books and all the things I've done. We normally have a book signing there, but they're not able to. So uh, if you want to participate, I will be there. Book slash ends.com on Zoom. Book slash ends.com. Again, uh, when you get your ticket, that'll include one signed book-plated copy of American Marxism and entrance to the Zoom event. Now, they've done so well that I just signed a whole bunch more and shipped them off to them. Um, But as I say, this is one of the few areas left. Another place that you can go to purchase a signed book if you like, but we won't have the one-hour event. As our good friends at Premier, Dwayne and the guys over there, they do a fantastic job. And it's premiercollectibles.com backslash Marxism. premiercollectibles.com backslash Marxism. You'll get a signed copy, a certificate. They put it in a beautiful display box. That's premiercollectibles.com slash Marxism. They're limited edition of the first edition. And uh, when they're gone, they're gone too. So those are two that are publicly available. One tomorrow, and after tomorrow, that'll be over. And over at Premier Collectibles, once they're gone, they're gone. You know, you might want to think about the holidays in the distant future, or birthdays, or, or what have you. My desire is just so you read the book. However you get it, signed, unsigned, that you take your time and go through it. Uh, and uh, we will continue to do some of this next week, too. I am on scores and scores of wonderful affiliated uh, radio programs with terrific hosts. I am on so many of the Fox programs with a few uh, notable exceptions, but we do what we can do. We do what we can do. And so I'm trying to push the message out there. We can sure use your help because it's more important that each one of you do it in your neighborhoods, with your colleagues, with your co-workers, at your school boards, in your communities, it's more important than me doing it. Because I feel, I feel it, I feel it. 
the rising up of the great patriots in this country. I'll be right back. American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. You know, I have to tell you, folks, I love radio. I used to love listening to it. I used to love contributing to Rush as his legal director. I love doing this program. And you folks are just fantastic. Radio is my favorite. It just is. Three hours? It's not enough. Five hours a day. That's what it should be, right? I think so. I don't know that you would listen five hours a day, but I'd have a hell of a good time. By the way, I want to thank all the great retailers out there. All the great retailers that sell books. As far as I know, have been very generous with their shelf space and have a significant inventory. Whether it's Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, or Costco, or all the others. Independent bookstores, too. So it's available. We can't accuse anybody of of hiding them or not providing them. There are hundreds of thousands of copies of the book. Now, have you noticed something, ladies and gentlemen? There's almost no reporting on this. So... We were huddling here and talking. What will the response of the left will be? The response of the left will be either to try and ignore it. Just don't say anything. Don't don't, don't say anything. Or let's trash the hell out of it. So far it's the former. But they'll get to the latter. Not that it matters, by the way. Now who's Michelle Lett? Or is it Letty? Michelle Letty. You've probably heard this today, but you haven't heard my take on it. She's a member of the Fairfax County Parent Teachers Association. And I've always warned you, and there are of course exceptions to the rule, that these PTAs, and in some places they call them PTOs, are the playthings of the teacher unions. Mostly they are devoured by the system, just like most school boards, even with Republicans, I mean Republicans on them. But she's also vice president of the Fairfax NAACP. Wow, quite the Renaissance woman. Excuse me. Quite the Renaissance birth person. Now, before a school board meeting this week, you can see the video, it's everywhere. She got very upset at the parents who are opposing critical race theory. And may I suggest, folks, that from now on you call it critical Marxist theory? Or at least have the word Marxist in there? particularly when you go to these board meetings, it's critical Marxist race theory. What do you mean by that? You'll be able to tell them exactly. Let's hope they ask you the question. But she's learned from Joe Biden, accused people of killing people, wanting people to die, Jim Crow and all the rest. This is quite a party, this Democrat party, isn't it? Its history is disgusting. Its mouthpieces in the New York Times, they're disgusting. But they care about people. No, they don't care about anybody. Let's try and listen to this. We're going to have to really pump up the volume. Cut one, go. Let's deny this off-key band of people that are anti-education, anti-teacher, anti-equity, anti-history, anti-race. 
ethnicity, anti-opportunities, anti-health people, anti-diversity, anti-platform, anti-science, anti-change agent, anti-social justice, anti-healthcare, anti-worker. This woman is an idiot. Idiot. Unbelievable how she is racializing everything. Unbelievable how she's treating people she disagrees with. Is this how she wants to be treated? So if you're against critical racist Marxist theory, you're anti-education, anti-teacher, anti-equity, anti-history, anti-racial reckoning, listen to the phraseology. Racial reckoning. Is there a reckoning? Where do we go for this reckoning? What's going to happen? Are we going to get 50 lashes? Are they going to... What what exactly is this racial reckoning? Racial reckoning. What kind of crap is this? From these nut jobs. Every damn one of them is a Democrat, too. Have you noticed that? Every single one of them. You cannot separate the Democrat Party from these Marxist movements. Go ahead. So now you're anti-children, you parents out there. And this woman's a member of the PTA of Fairfax County and the vice president of the Fairfax NAACP. Did I say it? I repeat it. They must be very, very proud of this unhinged, insane lunatic. Go ahead. Let them die. Let them die. Let you die? Let you die? This woman should be arrested. She's dangerous. She's dangerous. She should be arrested. She's inciting violence. Have you noticed they never incite violence? You can be a racist. You can say whatever you want. Joe Biden says the most awful, horrific things. You're murdering people. You're killing people. But he's not inciting a damn thing. This woman's not inciting anything, is she? The vile poison that comes out of the mouths of the Marxist left. No, 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 they're not inciting any Media in America, they're not inciting anything. Never, ever, are they? Buildings burning behind one of these nut jobs. He's on MSNBC. It's mostly peaceful. He's a fool. He's a buffoon. Go ahead. And by the way, there's the clapping seals. She says, let them die. Don't let these uncomfortable... Yay! Let them die! Yay! Sick. And you see the video. Most of these people, Mr. Reducer, are white who are applauding. Have you noticed that? Yay, I hate myself! Yay, I hate my children and my grandchildren! Yay! Yay! Let people who disagree with me die! Yay! Shut the hell up, you moron! Go ahead. Don't let these uncomfortable people deter us from our bold march forward. And what is your goal, lady? What's your goal exactly? What's your blueprint? Tell us, tell us where we're headed with you and nobody. That's right, I said it, and nobody. Oh, she's a revolutionary. Now, you're a revolutionary. You're in Cuba fighting Marxism. You're a revolutionary. You're in Iran trying to overthrow an Islamo-Nazi regime. You're a revolutionary. You stand up in North Korea. You stand up against Xi in China. You stand up against Putin in Russia. You stand up against, uh, what's his name, Maduro in Venezuela. Wow, she's standing up in Fairfax County, Virginia. 
Let's march forward. March forward to what, you idiot? She's inciting an insurrection, by the way. Did you hear her words, Mr. Producer? Let them die, march forward? What did she mean by that? What did she mean by that? Well, nobody cares. Not allowed to... Not allowed to point these things out, I guess. But we will, we shall, and we always do. All right. Let me uh, see if I can get this new computer to do what I need it to do. Without asking Mr. Producer for help. Just give me... Just sing some show tunes silently. Uh... There we go. Is it? Whoa, it worked! My God, this whole system is working. I'm so excited now. I can actually print stuff. I can actually read stuff. It's unbelievable. All right, let's go. Let us go to... Uh, let's go to Brad, Thomasville, Pennsylvania, the great WSBA, our great affiliate there. Brad, go right ahead, please. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Well, thank you, sir. Hey, uh, just want to touch base with you that uh, your books are awesome. I got uh, I got a new one, and I got five of them. Handing out to my family and friends. Wow! And uh, the word's getting out. Yeah, I actually got one of my close loved ones. I'm not going to mention who, but she used to vote Democratic, but she's starting to see the light now of what's actually happening. So wonderful. Yeah, the movement's going forward. So, uh, but. Yeah, hey, yes, I wanted to just touch base with you on uh, the Facebook. Do you think the government, the Democrats in particular, are using the Section 230 as to hold the social media hostage, basically? Kind of to hold them to hostage, you mean the threat to taken away if they don't do what they want them to do? Is that your yeah, point? Yeah, like I guess to threaten to take away the 230 protection. Well, here's the thing. The Republicans already want to take it away. So I don't, I, I'm not sure that's the case. I think that they've thrown in with the party they think is going to be victorious by the end of all this struggling. I think major media have done the same thing. They've picked a side, they think it's the winning side, and they're going to support that side, uh, even if they raise their taxes, even if they regulate them, because they figure uh, they'll survive it, they'll just raise prices, and they'll use the regulations to defeat competition. These are not capitalists, they are corporatists. That's what they are. You know, we used to talk about the, Robin Bar- the robber barons during the industrial society, uh, period of our country, industrial society and so forth. These weren't robber barons. They created things that we even use today. We have robber barons in the government. They're the real robber barons. They steal from people. They steal their private property. If they're in the private sector and did this, they all have long prison sentences. But if you're elected to office, you can steal whatever you want from anyone you want, and you're called righteous. You're called for the people which is kind of what Marxism is, right? Steals from everybody. Decides who gets what. Wow, it's equity. Equity. So stealing is equity. Taking the labor from somebody else, whether it's intellectual or physical or both, that somebody applies. You have a limited life. You have a limited work uh, career time. They steal from you. 40% of your income means they're taking 40% of your labor, what you've done, and giving it to somebody else. And then they pride themselves on doing, look how righteous I am. I'm going to help the poor. And, of course, they never help the poor. The poor are stuck in failing schools, thanks to these people, and crime-ribbon communities, thanks to these people. Anyway, I'm rambling. What did you say? 
So to that answer your point, question, I, 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 don't, I don't think so. I, I think in the case of uh, big tech, they've thrown in with the Democrats. They think that's where the future is. And they're all Democrats to begin with. This guy Zuckerberg washed $400 million through these various so-called nonprofit groups, almost all of it targeted to getting out the minority vote in specific precincts to defeat Trump. And so what should we do in that case? Well, they ought to file FEC complaints against him. They ought to file FTC complaints against him. They ought to file FOIA. They ought to do... There's so many things we can do, and I have it in the back of the book. So make sure you take a look at the back of the book. All right, my brother? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Now, let me see here. Don't hang up yet. I want to give you a signed copy of American Marxism. And it's a, it's a pleasure to hear from you. Take care of yourself. All right. I don't have time for another call, but we'll take one soon. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Lynn, Los Angeles, California, XM Satellite. Lynn, how are you? Great today, Mark. Um, before I start, I just want to send boundless gratitude to you for all you do. You are an incredible man. Wow, well, uh, you're very so sweet. Thank I you. am a conservative Jewish person in Los Angeles. I'm very vocal on my Facebook page in terms yeah. of how I feel about what the Democratic Party is doing to support Congress people and Iran and other forces that want me and my people and my homeland extinguished off the face of the earth. And it, it has me feeling conflicted in a couple of ways. First of all, I wonder if I express being Jewish on social media, considering what's been going on lately in terms of anti-Semitic um, you know, uh, assaults on people, if I'm going to be, and others like me will be targeted at some point in the future. And then the other place I feel uh, conflicted is I do attend temple, and knowing that when and if I donate to that temple, which I like to do, but the conflict is in knowing that many or most of those people are voting liberal, and... Well, let me answer the two questions before we run out of time. Number one, be proud of who you are. First and foremost, a patriotic American. If you're Jewish American, Italian American, Black American, be proud of that too. But in the end, you're a red-blooded American, and we are a diverse country, and we are a unified country, except for the fact that we have these uh, these Marxist movements in the Democrat Party that are trying to tear us to shreds. We have to fight to retain our unity and our love for one another. Just remember, skin color doesn't matter. We're all red-blooded Americans. That's how we're viewed all over the world. That's how our enemies view us. And that's how we need to view each other. That's number one. Number two, if most of the people in your temple are voting the wrong way, I'd find a new temple. That's, that's the first point. Second point is, I wouldn't subsidize that temple. There are so many causes that you can contribute to, so many worthwhile charities that you'll agree with and embrace, that I would give my money to them. So maybe you should pretend you're a liberal when you go to that uh, temple and just uh, say, I'm here, and uh, I expect to uh, basically be a freebie. Do what they do to the rest of us. There are a few conservatives there that I have bonded with, but um, for the most part, 
Um, I don't. Nah, think- get out of there. I, I got out of there. I got out of the whole reform movement. Uh, I, I, just, I can't take it anymore. It's not worth the uh, grape juice and the sugar cookie. Trust me. But thank you very much, Lynn. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. You know what's amazing? Hunter Biden has violated our drug laws, our gun laws, and our federal registration laws, and he hasn't been charged with a damn thing. Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer? Drug laws, gun laws, and federal registration laws. And yet they found everything they could on anybody in the Trump orbit or anybody who wore a MAGA hat or all the rest of it. But you can't believe that, uh, that justice is equal. We're the ones who should be marching in the street demanding equal justice. Hunter Biden prosecutor paused investigation before election. This is from the New York Post. Stephen Nelson and Emily Jacobs. That is their name. Their top federal prosecutor in Delaware decided to pause a criminal investigation of Hunter Biden months before the 2020 election to prevent the public from learning about it, according to a report. So here we have big tech covering up for Hunter Biden. Here we have big media covering up for Hunter Biden because they threw him with big tech. Censoring. Literally censoring. Here we now have a federal prosecutor covering up for Hunter Biden. I don't care that he was appointed by Trump. Trump didn't know this guy, U.S. Attorney David Weiss. U.S. Attorney David Weiss, appointed by former President Trump, decided not to seek search warrants or issue grand jury subpoenas so as not to, quote, alert the public to the existence of the case in the middle of a presidential election, Politico reports. The prosecutor's office reportedly was torn over whether to continue its probe or pause it due to the election, and Weiss, who remains in his job leading the case, sided with those who wanted to wait. He remains in his job. Now think about that. He's appointed by Trump. And Biden doesn't want to remove him. Biden doesn't want to remove him. Why do you think? To his credit, he listened, an unnamed source told the publication. The Justice Department's role in the case has faced criticism from Trump allies, who note that a Delaware computer repairman gave the FBI a laptop, for, a laptop formerly belonging to Hunter Biden in December 2019, as the New York Post first reported. In the final months of the 2020 presidential election, the Post revealed a trove of emails from Hunter Biden's laptop that appeared to link this then-candidate father to his foreign business ventures in communist China and with Ukraine energy company Belisma. The emails revealed that the younger Biden introduced a top Belisma executive to his father, then-vice president. Less than a year before the elder Biden admittedly pressured Ukrainian officials into firing a prosecutor who was investigating the company. This family's so damn corrupt. 
It's so damn corrupt. The fact that they get away with this stuff. Don't give me this crap about, hey, we want equal justice. No, we want equal justice. And meanwhile, a laptop was seized by the FBI in December of that year. Gee, they're very busy looking into it, aren't they, folks? In addition to his uh, Ukrainian connections, other emails on the computer showed Hunter discussing potential business deals with Communist China's largest private energy company. One deal seemed to draw considerable attention from the younger Biden, who called it interesting for me and my family. Senate Republicans revealed the findings of their investigation into Hunter's overseas business dealings in September. And they said the Obama administration ignored glaring warning signs when the then-Vice President's son joined the board of Burisma when he had no energy experience. It's okay. He was on the board of Amtrak, where he has no train experience. He's got experience in using drugs, though. They should have made him the head of the DEA. Immediately following the release of the post's expose, Twitter locked the post's account and demanded the outlet delete six tweets that linked to the story. They demanded that a newspaper delete six tweets that linked the stories based on the files from the abandoned laptop in order to regain account access. Let's never forget that. Twitter finally caved and unlocked the account after a two-week stalemate in the waning days of the election without the Post deleting any of the tweets in question. And it goes on. But meanwhile, poor Rudy Giuliani can't practice law. His license is suspended in New York, suspended in Washington, D.C. You see, ladies and gentlemen, we can go on and on about this stuff. From time to time we will. But it doesn't get us too far. The injustices... The inequality, the real inequality, they only get worse as more and more powerful the government becomes and more and more powerful the Democrat Party becomes. They only get worse as this American Marxism continues to spread. And this is my point. This is what I said to Hannity, I think it was last night. What are we going to do about all this? We can go on and on about it. We do that in talk radio. We do it on Fox. We do it on... We can go on and on about it. That's okay. People need to know what's going on. We should wring our hands. But then what? Then we move on to the next subject. No, we can't just keep moving on. Because it's only going to get worse. The left never moves on. They never forget. They're like pit bulls. We move on. Hunter Biden. Well, is anyone going to prosecute... Excuse me, Hunter Biden. Well, he's under criminal investigation in Pennsylvania. Everyone's always under criminal. Nobody ever gets charged with anything. Have you noticed that? Durham. Well, maybe he'll charge somebody at some point, but will it matter at that point? I don't know. Probably not. They certainly went over uh, after Donald Trump, spied on him, tried to set him up. Remember 2016, Comey, how he covered up for uh, Hillary Clinton? You know, she did this, she did this, she did this. Everybody's opening up, you know, the criminal code. Wow, she should be charged with this, this, this. But we've decided not to charge it. What? What? So she skates, despite how sleazy she is. Hunter skates, despite how sleazy he is. Joe Biden skates, despite how, that's right, how sleazy he is. They all skate. 
Meanwhile, they're hunting down Trump. We need his tax return. Subpoena this. We got to get his records. The Russians. We got to get this. Trump, Trump, Trump. And he's done nothing. Do you realize he's done nothing? Criminal investigations, federal level, local level, state level. He's done nothing wrong. You've got this, this creep who was his former lawyer who flips to try and get favored treatment, and his daddy didn't like Trump. Now he's back in with the family. Oh, we like you now. So Trump doesn't even have a right to attorney-client privilege or confidentiality or attorney work product. Like every single person in this country has a right. Except Trump. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Bottom of the hour, we're going to have our buddy Larry Elder on the program, who's announced that he's running for governor of California. And Larry is terrific, so you won't want to miss that. And uh, just a reminder, I will be on Jesse Waters' show on uh, this Saturday night. I think that's tomorrow night by my calculation. I will be on Maria Bartiroma's show on Sunday morning. And, of course, Life, Liberty, and Levin, Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time. It'll be Pete Hegseth and I. So we have a full weekend. I hope when you're shopping, you go to Costco or Barnes & Noble, whatever you do, you'll grab your copies of American Marxism. It is discounted everywhere. Everywhere. And uh, that's an opportunity uh, to, to acquire it. And also, of course, Amazon.com. If you're not much of a shopper and you want it brought to your home, it's so easy. can't believe how fast this show is going. At least for me, you know. You know, we've talked a lot about this in the past, but I want to underscore this. The founder or co-founder of Wikipedia is a warning for all of you. The Daily Mail has reporting this. The rest of the media could give a damn. Nobody should trust Wikipedia, he says. Its co-founder warns. Larry Sanger says the site has been taken over by left-wing volunteers, quote-unquote, who write off sources that don't fit their agenda as fake news. They have utterly destroyed the truth about me on Wikipedia by their lies, by their cherry-picking, and all the rest. My children wouldn't recognize me on Wikipedia. It is a pig slop over there, and these volunteers are a bunch of uh, uh, boot kickers with their brown shirts. Did he say brown shirts? Should I say pink shirts? Either one, that's fine by me. Wikipedia can no longer be trusted as a source, unbiased information. Since the online encyclopedia's left-leaning volunteers, they're not left-leaning, they're, they're commies, cannot any news that doesn't fit their agenda, according to the site's co-founder. Larry Sanger, 53, co-founded Wikipedia in 2001 along with Jimmy Wales, said the crowdsourcing project has betrayed its original mission by reflecting the views of the establishment. He said he agreed with the assessment that teams of Democratic-leaning volunteers remove content that isn't to their liking, including information about scandals linked to President Joe Biden, of course, his son, Hunter. When asked by unheard.com if Wikipedia can be trusted, he replied, you can trust it to give a reliably establishment point of view on pretty much everything. And that's an understatement, of course. 
Sager cited the entry on Joe Biden, which he says is sanitized version that doesn't include arguments from a GOP perspective. The Biden article, he said, if you look at it, is very little by way of the concerns that Republicans have had about him. So if you want to have anything remotely resembling the Republican point of view about Biden, you're not going to see it from that article. And there's a paragraph, and it's quite long article, so there should be at least a paragraph about the Ukraine scandal. Very little of that can be found in Wikipedia. Sanger said, what little can be found is extremely biased and reads like a defense counsel's brief, really. And that's all true. And uh, let's see if there's anything else here. Of course, he's the founder, one of the founders, and he wants nothing to do with Wikipedia. I, I don't use Wikipedia. I don't use Wikipedia, neither should you. This is one of the things I, I preach in the last chapter. Find other sources. There's many other sources out there. There's other places to go. And, you know, you can still use, like, online encyclopedias, online dictionaries. There's so many resources available to us. Why we subsidize through hits and through usage, all these crap sites, it, it's got to stop. I mean, and, and this doesn't take a lot of work just to stop doing it. How about this one? Does this one get your attention? Disney. Walt Disney was a great patriot. He was a Christian man. He was close friends with Ronald Reagan. And Walt Disney would be disgusted by what's being done, by what he created and the use of his name. And Todd Starnes writing at Town Hall, Disney cancels Christmas. And it has. It has. Because it offends people. Disney World has canceled Christmas. Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, an extremely popular Yuletide tradition, is going to be rebranded. Instead, the Magic Kingdom will host a nighttime show. The new Don't Call It Christmas event is called Disney Very Merriest After Hours, a generic holiday-themed celebration. Whoever came up with that idea deserves a lump of coal in their Christmas stocking. Disney did not provide an explanation for the change, but in recent days, the woke Imagineers at the Magic Kingdom have made national headlines by culturally cleansing many popular rides. Among these so-called offensive rides that have been updated are Pirates of the Caribbean and Splash Mountain, a ride inspired by Song of the South. They also plan to update the Jungle Cruise over concerns about the depictions of natives. There was even controversy surrounding Prince Charming's life-saving kiss that awakened Snow White from her slumber. The Me Too crowd took issue with the unwelcome smooch. Kind of strange, isn't it, with all that weird sex stuff they're pushing, Mr. Producer? The unwelcome smooch is what offends them? In April, Disney announced it was adding inclusion as a key component of its customer service. We want our guests to see their own backgrounds and traditions reflected in the stories, experiences, and products they encounter in their interactions with Disney, the company said. The original introduction included, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dreamers of all ages. Now the greeting is, Good evening, dreamers of all ages. How can we forget that Disney wanted its white staffers to complete a white privilege training workshop? Whether the name of Jiminy Cricket is going on. Disney fans are beyond outraged over the canceled Christmas news, accusing the Magic Kingdom of appeasing critics. You know, we used to go to 
Disney World frequently. I would broadcast from there when I was with the ABC radio network. We had a blast. Is there nothing these fools won't destroy? Is there nothing these American Marxist movements will not destroy and these corporatists will not agree to? We can only believe that Disney is continuing to follow the stupidity already shown in changing cast costumes so as not to offend or erasing all gender in their traditional welcome and greeting that included both boys and girls, one angry fan wrote on Facebook. Disney, I've been your biggest mouseketeer for nearly 46 years, but you're losing many of us who actually keep your business going while you try to appeal to critics and they're habitually offended. Get it together or shut down completely because you'll never make those kinds of people happy. That's true. I won't be going to Disney anytime soon. The kids want to go. But I just don't want to put up with this crap anymore. I'll be right back. Blasting conservative fire. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. You all know who Larry Elder is. He's a brilliant radio host. He is a, uh, he is a patriot. And he's decided to run for governor of California. Larry, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Mark. I've been a politician now for 3.5 days, officially. (laughs) (laughs) Count the minutes, I can tell. Uh, So, Larry, I am going to ask you the question, why do you want to run and what makes you think you can win? Frankly, I don't have a choice. This state is just absolutely is become almost ungovernable. Mm-hmm. People are leaving the state for the first time in the state's history. There's a magazine called CEO Magazine that looks at things like taxes and spending, unfunded pension liability, the degree to which the uh, the state is business friendly. In 17 years of that magazine's existence, all 17 years, California had been ranked the last, the least friendly state in which to do business, bottom of all 50 states. The school system is a wreck. I went to Crenshaw High School. You saw the movie Boys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. I recently checked. Two percent of kids at my former high school are math proficient. Who the hell sends their kid to a school where only two percent of people are math proficient? And it's a crip school, meaning the gangs dominate the school. I know that because Ice-T told me he chose Crenshaw High School because he wanted to go to a school uh, that was a crip school. You've got, of course, rising crime because the police have been demonized. The, uh, the, the voters were duped into signing something called Proposition 47, Mark, that allows you to, to, to steal up to 950 bucks every single day, uh, and you're not a felon, you won't go to jail, they'll give you a ticket if they catch you. So the idea was that instead of sending people who are shoplifting, many of whom are addicted to drugs, uh, to, uh, to prison, we'll get them into going to rehab. Well, the latter part is okay, but what's the incentive, what's the inducement, what's the threat that they're facing if they don't do it? Uh, there's no consequence whatsoever, so they're stealing to support the drug habit, staying on the streets, uh, they're a danger to themselves, to others. It's a taking of property. Uh, about 10% of them are schizophrenic, meaning of danger to themselves or to others. I'm sorry, Mark, they should, physic- they should physically be picked up and, and removed for their own good and for the good of the other homeless community. And they're spending more and more money building so-called homes for the homeless at a substantially higher cost than the private sector could do, A, and B, all it's doing is encouraging people from the other states to come here. You mean the weather's nice and they'll give me a free house? Come on down. That's what's going on here. And the teachers' union, there are 300,000 teachers' union, teachers, public, public teachers in California, Mark. 
Last year, on an average year, 2.2 are fired. Are you kidding me? It's mm-hmm. estimated that 5% of them are incompetent, which means 15,000 public school teachers are educating kids every single day, often in the worst schools where they need the best teachers. It's outrageous. And the way this man has handled the pandemic, this entitled, smug guy shut down the entire state while sitting there at that French laundry restaurant with the very people that wrote the mandate that they were violating. Meanwhile, his own kids enjoyed in-person private education. He exempted his own winery from the very mandates that he imposed on everybody else. This guy, Mark, has got to go. I take it you don't think California is too far gone, although you think they're right there, uh, or, or you wouldn't be running, right? Or, or wouldn't be running. You know, look what Scott Walker did in Wisconsin. He caught hell. The people, the unions came to his house. They trashed the Capitol building. But he reformed the power of the public teachers union. Until and unless that happens in California, Democrats are going to lose, lose, lose because the unions put unlimited amounts of money in them. And what Scott Walker did, as you know, is he limited negotiations to wages, no longer allowed automatic dues. And if you want to raise beyond 2%, you had to go to the voters to get it. And he made them contribute something to their pension, to their health care plans. And, um, and they had been contributing anything. And uh, read an article in Forbes a few years ago. His reforms have saved that state billions and billions of dollars. It's got to be done here. And nobody's even talking about it. Even the Republican rivals aren't even talking about the power of the public public sector unions. And, 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 and don't get me started on the cost of living. My father came here in 1945, Mark. Clean toilets, as you know, two full-time jobs cleaning toilets. Stay-at-home wife, my mother, three boys. She stayed at home until the youngest of us was in middle school. My dad saved his nickels and dimes and bought a home in South Central, which at the time was 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 moving uptown. Six hundred thousand dollar house, according to Zillow, just the other day. If you work three full time jobs and you have an eighth grade education, as my dad did, you cannot duplicate the route that my father followed. That's why people are leaving California for the first time in the state's history and going to places like Tennessee, uh, like Ben Shapiro did, uh, going to Florida, going to Texas. It is outrageous, and somebody has to say this is enough. You know, Larry, my kids left California for Tennessee, and uh, it's really quite appalling because it's a beautiful state. You know, when I was a kid growing up on the East Coast in Philadelphia, everybody wanted to go to California. It was the land of opportunity. You wanted to start a business. They had the proper tax and regulatory uh, uh, limits there. Uh, it It was the place of opportunity, and today it just took one generation to basically destroy this state, didn't it? It sure did. And the stories I'm getting when I I prepare for this campaign, one developer told me he had a 2000 development project, got sued under CEQA, the California Quality uh, Environmental Act. Cut it down to 1,000, got sued. Cut it down to 500, got sued. Cut it down to 200. 22 years later, got approved for 200. Another employer told me that this guy sued him for back wages, uh, unpaid wages, $65,000. He found that he wasn't even in the freaking state when he claims he, he incurred all this money. And it turns out that the burden of proof is on the employer to disprove the claim. Goes to court only because this guy, the, the, uh, the boss, was very, very wealthy did he fight this. Otherwise, most people would just settle and the, and the lawyers get a little something and then the claims get a little something, uh, even if the claim is bogus. This is the kind of crap that's going on. Uh, we are releasing felons during the coronavirus pandemic. 20,000 felons released early under the humanitarian early release program while we're treating developers and contractors like felons. It's out outrageous and somebody has to do something about it and I'm the guy and I'm urging people to go to electelder.com electelder.com because 
My opponent, Gavin Newsom, can raise and spend unlimited amounts of money. He's not held by the law. We are the rivals. We, we have campaign expenditures uh, and spending limits that he does not have. So this is a national fight. I need money from Californians, obviously, but I need money from millionaires and billionaires, to quote Bernie Sanders, yeah. who set up political action committees at, along the philosophy of mine so that we can take this thing back. The union power has got to be reined in. Until you do that, you're going to keep losing elections and keep losing elections and keep losing elections because once you say anything like what I've said, they pour hundreds of millions of dollars into uh, whatever initiative that, uh, that they want to keep and they, and they malign you to make you uh, all of a sudden look like anything, everything but a child molester. They show up at your house. Remember what they did to Scott Walker? They trashed the Capitol building. That's what's going to happen if this thing really gets serious and if they're afraid of, and if they really get legitimate fear of losing some of their power. Well, I hope it gets serious. If you don't mind, I'm, I hope it doesn't hurt you. I'm going to endorse you because, I, I mean, I would love to have a governor like you. You would be absolutely the best. So what is well, the I'm website? Where do people go? Electelder.com, electelder.com. Throw some in the tip jar. I'm going I'm to need the help. Mark, thank you so much for your endorsement. Of course I want it. I love it. Well, you're the best. And God knows what good you could do for that state, even with a uh, Democrat legislature and so forth, and your ability to articulate these founding principles and human principles and to speak up. And Mark, these 75% yeah. of black kids cannot read at state levels of proficiency. 50% of all kids cannot. What is that? What is that? Teachers mm. are twice as likely here in California, LAUSD, uh, LAU uh, Unified School District, uh, twice as likely to have their own kids, own school-age kids in private school. Now, what does that tell you? It's as if you opened up a restaurant, put up a sign, and said, come on in, just don't eat the food. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Larry. God bless you, my friend. We'll have you back, okay? Anytime, Mark. ElectElder.com. Thanks a lot. ElectElder.com. And you're more than welcome. And let's put that up on parlor, Mr. Producer. There's an article here that I can't ignore before the end of the week here. It's in the Daily Mail. NFL announced they will play the Black National Anthem before the Star-Spangled Banner during every week one game, and players may feature names of police brutality victims on their helmets. You know, I admit I live in a cocoon. I didn't know until a year ago that there was a Black National Anthem, and you see this effort at separatism and segregation, how it's now coming from corporatists, whether it's in sports or whether they're manufacturing newspaper, it doesn't really matter. They're into this segregation and this separatism. The point of the national anthem is to pull us all together, but now we have two anthems. And what's next? How many more anthems? Are we going to break it into ethnic groups and so forth? This guy, Roger Goodell, is a real dumb bastard. He just is. I don't know what else to say. That's exactly what he is. He gets paid $50 million a year to be stupid. Stupid. There's one national anthem. It's for blacks and whites and everybody else. It's the country's anthem. We don't break anthems down into ethnicity and race and ancestry and, and religion and so forth. This is the balkanization of America. Also, they're thinking about, uh, what do they say here? That they may allow players to um, feature the names of police brutality victims on their helmets, Mr. Producer. I have an idea. Why don't players put the names of football players who've been accused of brutality on their helmets? Could we do that, Mr. Producer? We could have the names of football players who are accused of rape, who are accused of beating their wives, who are accused of other types of crimes. Why don't we put their names on the helmets? 
I'd like to see that. What do you think, folks? I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Levinites, Patriots, this is the weekend. Rise up, sweep into these stores, sweep into Amazon. Get your copy of American Marxism. Crush, push aside these anti-Trump books. Let us inform ourselves. Let us galvanize. The book is there for you. It's everywhere. It's surrounding you. We made this possible. We've already succeeded in many respects. So when you're going to Costco or you're going to Books a Million, you're going to Barnes & Noble, wherever you are this weekend, do it. Do it. Or go on Amazon.com. Let us crush the smearing left-wing anti-Trump books. Do it. And then read the book. Understand what's in it. Enjoy it. Be intrigued by it. Be motivated by it. We can do this. It's our country. It's invigorating. Be motivated. Be resolute. I feel it, don't you? Be proud. Be strong. Be prepared. This is the weekend when you are out and about. You can make a difference. It doesn't take much. Many of you go to Costco or Sam's or BJ's. Yep, many of you go to Walmart or any of these large sort of warehouse-type stores, we're there. American Marxism, we're there prominently. Go into your local bookstore, go into Books a Million or Barnes & Noble, we're there prominently. Look on Amazon.com. Don't allow these two hacks from the Washington Post to sit there at number one because all the fanatics are going in there. They want to know that, General Milley called Trump Hitler. Oh, let me buy that book. No, I don't think so. I'm counting on you. You're counting on me. We're counting on each other. Let's go to Jacques. Los Angeles, California, 870, the answer, the great KRLA. Jacques, how are you, sir? We have one minute. Pretty good. How are you doing, Mark? All right, Jacques. Go ahead. I I was just listening to your show regarding the NFL and playing the uh, black national anthem before the national anthem. I never even knew that there was a black national anthem, and I'm 60 years old. So that's and, you're an, that, and you're a black gentleman, correct? And I disagree with 90, about 90% of things you say, but I think we agree on this, so that's ridiculous. Because you would end up having to play everybody's national anthem, like Hispanics, Latinos, and... You know, Canadians that play in the NFL. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, the Canadian, you're probably right. We've entered the world of insanity, don't you think, Jacques? We can agree on that. I'm in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm 60 years old. But that's overreaching. All right, my man. Don't hang up. I want to send you a copy of American Marxism so you agree with me 90%. Don't hang up. Ladies and gentlemen, every Friday, you patriots, in your honor.
right, folks, the week is officially over. The weekend begins now. Watch me. I'm all over Fox this weekend. We're trying to lead the charge here. 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Life, Liberty, and Levin. I know you're going to love it. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey and Griffey. Good night, Pepsi and Smokey. Good night, Zelda, Gigi, and Barney, my little Barney. Folks, let's do this, baby. This is the weekend. Get your copies. If you have one, get some for family members. Let's go. Let's go. Time is running out. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. And God bless each and every one of you. <laughs>